Motorheads Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back. Happy Wednesday is the fifth episode of Gears Head Podcast, a podcast with a lot of digital pretrol. So it's been a great weekend in terms of motorsport. It's coming another uh, great races in sim racing. So it's coming the, three, the third round of uh, ECLR1 at Rensport. Uh, it was a good weekend for, for motorsport, the back of the IndyCar, Formula One, even NASCAR. So it's a lot of to talk. And for that, we're going to first jump into our guest. We bring a different guest this week. From the rallies, we pass to the circuits. He's a multi-race winner with wins in his Spa, Zolder. He's a GT and prototype more on LMP3 cars. So he's talking about Alex Cascato. He's a professional racer and he has his own sim racing team. So there's a lot of things to talk on the part of sim racing. It's quite interesting that he will bring you uh, what his point of view on sim racing and um, he'll explaining that his team yeah, everyone ever uh, is salaried, so everyone ever owns salary and everything. So it's quite interesting to having a talk with him. Oh, is is a particularly crowded category. Well, all the prototypes cat prototype categories, you know, have become like very. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, my name is Alex Cascato. I'm mainly a prototype racing driver, kind of focusing on endurance around uh, Europe. Um, I am Romanian, but I do live in the UK, so I do live in London. And yeah, I've been fortunate enough to have, um, you know, a lot of nice experiences in, in racing and, you know, doing 24 hour races, winning championships in Netherlands and uh, competing in Belgium, winning at Spa. Um, and yeah, I've been trying for the past few years mm -hmm. to make the step up to LMP3 to something like, you know, the European Le Mans series or Le Mans Cup. Okay. Which is uh, so something I'm, uh, I'm still working on, and hopefully could get one, on one of those years. grids for the future. Well, okay. yeah, the the LMP3 is my main target for me. You know, obviously, I've tested four times now um, with uh, with LMP3 teams and with with three different teams as well. And I'm working hard to get that race seat, but you know, as everything in racing, it's all quite difficult with the budget. And LMP3 now is is a particularly mm -hmm. crowded category. Well, all the prototypes cat prototype categories, you know, have become like very very popular because we have this top category with hypercar with LMDH, which is so full now, and people just want to get up that ladder. They want to get in an LMP3 and then an LMP2 and eventually a hypercar at, at Le Mans. That's you know probably everyone's dream or, or any racing driver aims to compete and, and hopefully win at Le Mans as well. Um, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. My first taste was in 2019, I think, um, you know, first starting out in prototypes. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been a slow build up. Yeah, it's, you, you're right. Because and now I just trying to reach went, for that next think, step, which is, you know, I racing, know I was uh, a little bit before the COVID. So the last season of uh, prototypes, the was the European and the world was on the same weekend on Silverstone on that so that weekend. And I went to see, of course, Philippe Opkerk because he was driving there on the 22 for the United Sports. We went there to see him driving and everything. And it, yes, the, you see much more public coming. You see that there's a lot of teams evolving. You're right on the, when you talk about the Le Mans, it's 16, if I don't want to lie, 16 hypercars. 
Yeah, Ferrari. Yeah, Ferrari back. I saw the um, now the new Porsche that's going to be drive by the Correct, Jota yeah. with the the Porsche's driver mm. Felix Acosta. It looks, yeah, it looks yeah, it looks beautiful. The gold. Yeah, it, I think it's coming back the golden the first customer one. Yeah, of Le Mans. It looks amazing. But for me, Le Mans. <laughs> On the 90s was huge because you and me have the same age, so you, we grow up with the same uh, motorsport. Was huge, and then kind of lose a little bit there yeah. slowly. Same thing with like even a Formula One after start going a little bit there, and now it's coming back. And uh, and I think we go probably probably for another golden era of the prototypes because it looks amazing. The Ferrari car, I say, is is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, we we get to speak again about Ferrari versus Porsche at Le Mans. Uh, Lamborghinis coming. Uh, you know, we already have Toyota on the grid. Van Wall, uh, Glickenhaus, Cadillac. It's, it's there's just so many manufacturers. Yep. So much good stuff happening in uh, F1 in endurance racing. I think generally racing is in a good place right now. You know. Everybody seems to be doing more and more and enjoying it more, more and more and watching it. And I think part of it is definitely some effect from Drive to Survive and, you know, these things coming onto Netflix and, and the general public. And obviously, most people watch F1, but then some of those people might say, I actually want to watch another racing category. And, you know, how's Le Mans? How's rallying? How's IndyCar? So I think everybody kind of profits from that. And you can definitely feel that interest has been uh, going up and up. And, you know, even a lot of my friends who... Uh, don't really watch F1 or any racing or had no interest in it in the past are now asking me, oh, who do you think is going to do win this year? And how do you think they're going to do? So, you know, there's there's generally, I think, yes, more and was, more uh, interest like around, which uh, is, which is amazing to see. With it's the, what we want to see as fans, fans, I think. Rally driver, David, is, or contrarium is up and now, contrarium that was happening in the rally. Rally, we see less manufacturers. You, we see less people going to the... Is people still going to the rally, but you don't see the brands going to the rally. So I will, I hope they can go around. And you think I saw you on because we follow on Instagram today. Yep. You put, we put something very, very uh, mm. interesting. You speak about the the difference on lap time on Formula Three to Formula One, and it's something that I always keep speaking. You think Formula One with all these shenanigans, you know? not follow not everyone have a similar type of engine or you think is 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 bringing the teams uh too, too much separation so the teams are not you know in terms yeah. of racing if you see comparing with indycar indycar you have around 2000 overtakes a season and uh, formula one last season was just seven under so it's one third less of overtakes you think what you think that's Exactly, exactly. So, what do you think? Is too many components, too many things around? Yeah, and without the RS, they should go back a little bit (laughs) to go to have the cars more uh, without so much electronic. Keep the safety elements, but reduce a little bit. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. And I've been watching F1 ever since I was a kid, you know, and and most people who are racing fans, I think, come into motorsports through Formula One, just because it's the most popular, it's the easiest to watch, it's broadcasting, uh, you know, all the country. So I've been watching it, I think, full time since 
2006, 2007, something like that, a long time. Uh, but yeah, I do think they have a bit of a problem now uh, where, you know, it's it's too predictable. Uh, there's big gaps between the teams. The racing has become a bit better last year with the new regulations, but it's not good enough. It's okay. not as good as it can be. And that's why lately, you know, I've I've had the pleasure of commentating on F1, actually, on, on Romanian channels, uh, on Romanian TV. And it's great when you're there and have those good races. They're really, really exciting. But they happen way too rarely. I think in IndyCar or in prototypes in the other categories, it's a bit yeah. more unpredictable. There's a bit, you know, less it's, gaps it's, between yeah. the teams. And I was watching the F3 quality today, yeah, as you were saying. It's, it's, 17 drivers in half a second. Okay, okay, so okay, that's sorry. almost the entire F1 grid. It's insane. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's something F1 should, should have a look at, you know. Uh, and I think they're on the right track with these new regulations. They have the finally the right mindset of doing this. It will take probably a bit, a bit of time. Um, but yeah, I hope they do get there. And in the end, I understand it needs to be a constructor sport. Not everything can be the same, but maybe they can look at the formula where it's, you know, cheaper, more accessible exactly. and the teams just design some part of the car. Um, because in the end of the day, I, I want to see good racing. Um, even though I have an engineering background, I'm also interested in all the things they develop, but when I watch a race, I don't think of, oh my yeah, God, the chassis then, is amazing. The They're winning by 30 seconds. So exciting. You keep racing and <laughs> you know, more. I want to see a fight for the lead and some sporting The challenge. cars are getting so large. Yeah, exactly. So automatically, they cannot reach anymore. And you see this one on Formula E. Yeah. The cars are much yeah. more compact. And that brings a little bit of more... Uh, Formula E is... As a... A yes. motor addict, of course, you don't have the sound. It's not the same, but as a racecraft, it's it's good. A lot is a lot of overtaking, a lot of uh, driver driver maneuvers. The racing's great. Exactly. The racing's great. Yeah, a lot of action. We, we don't know. We don't know. It's yeah. It's so yeah. Felix Acosta. And if I ask you who's going to win the next Formula E race, we have no to clue. Win. Like it's so and, tight. Uh, of know, course, we saw. We saw Anybody Hamilton doing that on Brazil yeah. when uh, two years ago when he go from the last position. Yeah. But yeah, but it's on crazy. that time his car was four five steps ahead, <laughs> ahead of everyone. Yes. So automatically would be would be better and easy for him That's to crazy. do something like this. So yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Uh tell me about your sim racing. So yeah, you have better uh, racing, you know. I'm on the same page, I think, on that one. Okay. Yeah, so I started sim racing to help me with real racing, if I'm honest with you. So um, I've always been limited for budget. I didn't have a lot of budget for real racing. And I was always thinking, what can I do to be more competitive when I get to the track? And I started using the simulator to prepare as best as I can. You know, there, there's obviously a limit to it. But before going to the track, I make sure that I hit the sim as much as possible I configure it to be as realistic as possible, to learn the track, to learn the car, anything I can, as close as I can get to reality. And in addition to that, now, as you were saying, I've got my own esports team, uh, well, Alex Cascato Digital Motorsports, so okay. ACDM for short. Um, and yeah, we're trying to compete mainly in, in ACC, but not only, for uh, you know some of the biggest esports championships we can find out there. We've done uh sro okay. esports in the past for the sprint series in europe uh now we're doing vco flex stream on acc if you've heard of that series 
um, you know, our national Romanian championship we're involved in and we're trying to build a team who wants to develop their ACC skills and also enjoy this competitive aspect of sim racing. So doing esports, you know, on, on a high level. We're still quite new. The team's only, you know, one year old, uh, founded by me, trying to attract some sponsors and partners to help us out. Um, and yeah, I think we, we proud ourselves by being uh, one of the first Romanian okay, teams, or I think the only Romanian team actually, who has paid drivers. So our drivers are paid just to race. Um, to turn up to the to the series and you know they, they have a salary in effect every race they do there's um, no, no kind of performance target yet so they get the default salary so they're in in, a, in an effect uh, they're professional esports drivers as well so um, yeah now okay. we're at a, at a bit of a turning point to see where we go with this ACC direction we also want to get involved a bit more into iRacing um, we've done some things in the past on iRacing, but our main has been, you know, Competizione. And now with these LMDH cars coming into iRacing, that's really sparked our interest. With the BMW LMDH, I think it's quite certain that the Cadillac is coming as well, which is my favorite car. Uh, the Acura as well, maybe okay. the Ferrari. So that's, that's uh, something I, where uh, we're yeah, quite, at, you know, um, doing the special events like 12 hours. I to try a little bit more of iRacing. I try a little bit, but like I say, I don't have, I don't own a PC yet. So that's consoles on the levels of um, racing and uh, sim racing are very restricted. But yeah. yeah, so I we try I've uh, been trying ACCC, competition too, but like I say on on PC is another level. The physics on the on the consoles are not are not there. So if the times that you do on a on a PC the time that you do on a on the consoles are a little bit different. So I try to evolve yeah. but it's it's good that you have a, such a good team now with you but tell me what sure. what is the main goal on the sim racing for you you think uh, sim racing is gonna go to the level of motorsport you think we're gonna achieve the same level of uh, people seeing races of sponsors you think is something there Yeah, I think sim racing is at the. It's a. It's a good question actually, um, because sim racing is at yeah. a bit of a crossroads now. Oh, for me, exactly. Uh, we've I got saw, these big that. tournaments coming in with huge prize pools, like ESLR one, for instance. That's a half a million euros. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm. I'm certain if you win the European Le Mans series in Europe, you don't get that much money. In an LMP two, if you win the championship outright, you don't win it. So in in a way, there's more prize money and there's a better chance to make a career out of sim racing than there is out of real racing. However, that being said, the viewership numbers are still very small compared to real racing. Um, you know, not, not many people follow the events live. I have to admit, I don't follow a lot of them live as well because the mentality in sim racing is I might as well do it myself, jump on for a couple of laps on my simulator. Why should I watch somebody else doing it? So I think that's one of the, the things that sim racing is facing right now with these big events because they need to justify it somehow to their sponsors. So I, I'm not sure what they're going to do. Maybe the future is live events like we had at ESL R1 in a game which nobody has access to. So more people watched it just because they couldn't do it themselves, right? But if you look at the big ACC events or iRacing events compared to something like, uh, you know, the Bathurst 12 Hours or the Asian Le Mans series, some, some real championships that we've had in the past, I thought the sim racing numbers were noticeably smaller, like probably five to ten times less people watching it live. Um, 
And you know, it's great. It's great that we have so many sponsors and so many companies investing into this digital racing stuff uh, and getting on board. But at the end of the day, they'll they'll have to justify it to their management somehow, right? So we need we need kind of a structure, and maybe we need yeah. somebody like ESL, which is a big federation with uh, experience in Counter Strike and League of Legends, the the kind of big esports players out there to get a, ha- a hand on it and say this is the direction we need to take, and then you know viewership is is going to come as well but um yeah i think we're in a good place with with the sim racing scene um i've enjoyed doing events like i had the pleasure to do the virtual Le Mans 24 hours this year uh, in january and that's one of the biggest events you can do as well also because it's so hard to get into so yeah i know a lot of people criticize motorsport games and i understand why that you know they have this license now nobody can organize the official event and you can't get into it that's very annoying for people. Um, I've only done it once, so you know I've been critic uh, critical of it in the past. I think it does add something for them in terms of viewership because people watch it because it's Max Verstappen going in, and you know you have all of these big drivers, uh, Felix Rosenquist, uh, you know people with F1 experience that uh, that have been doing it and and have been watching it. So there's different approaches to it for the future of it. I'm not sure which one's the best or which one's going to win. Um, but yeah, I would like to see more of a convergence with real championships. And I think sim racing has the potential to become the winter series, kind of the off season of those championships, you know, because you have people always complaining in the winter break. Oh, I have nothing to watch. I have nothing to do. Have an online championship, have a sim no, racing you, championship, no, you, you know, with you, all you the IndyCar drivers, all the, to very know, the most series um, drivers or all that sort right of stuff. Point is one of the things is the length of the races. I think sometimes the races are, are too long. And uh, when you say now, when they make the ESL, they make on quarterfinals, yeah. semifinals, finals, and short yeah. races. And I think that captivates more the people. I, I think that that probably is short the point to go because nobody wants to stay. Uh, yeah. Even as yeah. when we are seeing a 24-hour live, we we don't see the 24 hours. You know? Exactly. And and when it comes to the to sim racing, a lot of times they just go to the beginning of the race. You watch part of it, obviously. Chaos, yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, everyone go, if you, you know, everyone knows if you're going to drive in Monza on the first turn, everyone going to go. Of exactly. course. Of course. <laughs> so everyone go for that. And after everyone focus on, on the last minutes to see who you're is gonna winning. Die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think they need to do something there. And uh, of course, at 24 hour Le Mans, I don't know what was your experience, wins, but yeah. was, uh, as we know, a little bit chaos, you know, a lot of problems with the R Factor 2. I think it's still too long for the servers, too old, such a big races. And, uh, I... Yeah. I, I still don't know what happened. So, you know, there's there's various rumors. Um, from my side, obviously, it was a bit weird because there was this shit show on the internet afterwards and everyone was very angry, was very pissed. I was just happy to be there and be on the grid because it was such a big high-level event. Um, I still yes, uh, don't know if it was because of a DDoS attack yes. or and after because they, they had this the weather, weird weather plugin. Was going uh, red, red, the weather was, was supposed to be going scripted. red, uh, red flags. And it's a lot of stories that we never <laughs> going to be yes. you know, going to know yes. what what is the uh, yeah. But I think the servers, the, yeah. their servers are not ready to hold because yeah. you need a lot of uh, internet to uh, upload, mode, uh, download. So it's a lot of things that you need to have 100 percent sure 
And I think it's still very difficult for us to have such a big event, 24 hours running there. They, and I said they want to change the weather. Yeah, I think when when no. when people develop these games, we need to remember they weren't really thinking this was the scale that everything's gonna take, right? With hundreds of drivers connected to a server which needs to run 24 hours without issues. So uh, I think the only game, yes. um, well, well, probably the only game who has been from the ground up developed to work like that is iRacing. Obviously, it's not without issue, but in terms of the server stability and compatibility and endurance racing, I think it's the most mature out there. Everything else, like R-Factor ACC, they've kind of done a, a patch job on it. And, you know, oh, let's try. We have now a lot of people have 100 people on the server. What can we do to make it more stable? So I think that's where Rangeport, for example, when it comes in, I think that's where they thought about this from the start and designed it for esports competition. Um, and yeah, that's definitely the next the next part that all of the titles okay. will need to now take uh, you know, I to agree ensure agree that this esports and stuff is, is stable first of all and it runs. When you way. drive the LMP3 and you drive on sim racing and you go to jump on the real one, what's the big difference that you notice when you drive it? Because I saw a lot of drivers like Philip Popkirk, uh, I mentioned him, he told a lot of times that um, uh, when he look in with driving Sebring, on mm -hmm. iRacing and in live Sebring on real life, Sebring have a lot of different types of uh, tarmac uh, and uh, the cars are passing there. So you have a lot of uh, the tarmac is always changing. You need to constantly see where where is better to yeah. to hit the apex. It's never it's never the same. And he say on when you go to sim racing, you have to do the same movement all the times. Okay, so you agree that is the biggest yeah. difference. The same thing over and over. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, uh, that, that's certainly a big difference. That's certainly one of the biggest ones. So in, in real racing, there's much more adaptability, even from session to session. You've got tires which are not new. You've got tires which are a bit old. Maybe they're not used the same left to right. In sim racing, it's easy. You always take you know, new tires, fresh rubber, put the right amount of fuel in. It's a lot easier to have the car in this closer to this ideal state. Uh, that you want. In real life, you only get that car probably a couple of laps a year. So it's a very narrow window. So you need to be a lot more adaptable, you know, especially in endurance racing, very rarely you will have the car on new tires and low fuel, except for qualifying, you know. Um, and one of the big things is the uh, kind of aggressiveness when you, when you get in a real race car, you know, okay. you get these uh, vibrations, you get the noise, you get the G-forces, you get your seat, which is maybe, you know, not 100% to you, you got the belt, you've got all your equipment. It's a much harsher environment than in a sim with some headphones on and I'm like turning the wheel and pressing some pedals. Um, and in addition to what you need to do in the sim, which is again, hitting your marks, your lines and stuff, you also need to be physically prepared in real life to deal with those cars and the g-forces and even seeing where you're going is you know not generally a problem in sim racing but in in real life can can become an issue because you're sitting so low down you don't have you know uh particularly great okay. visibility i would say the driving techniques nowadays like your actual inputs in the in the pedals and the wheel are, are quite similar um but you're missing a lot of these factors you know in in sim racing um, but I, I still think it's a great yeah, tool so to the prepare before Sapper arriving to the track or before you don't need any work to do the, the uh, walk. Kind of keeps you when keeps you, you sharp. Track, you don't need to do the walk because he know everything already in advance. And if you speak with, even with the um, yeah low drivers yeah. that are doing cart, 
they already know the, the tracks of on cards now when they do yeah. European champion before they they've been there because they drive for so long on the simulators with the that tracks that is easy you know so I think even me as a no professional driver if I go to Monza I will know how to drive how to drive in Monza or to drive in Spa because we do for so long that uh, that probably if I go with my own car I yeah you will know it. exactly the layout okay yeah. no no not not great but I will be able to do it on a good way right yeah and but you you talk about that part of not having the g-force and everything um Ruben Barrichel we mentioned one of the things is if is the heat for him is the simulator what is bring is the heat he say he's so good to to drive <laughs> hours and hours and not sweating yes <laughs> it's a big difference he say because he's doing yes. he do stock car um and he, when he's training <laughs> stock car on a simulator or uh, uh he said the biggest difference for him is the heat because it's so hot like driving on driving on Brazil uh, after the cars were reaching 50 40 degrees inside there you know he's sweating a lot and yeah. that he say that is where you lose a little bit of the 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 focus the the way to concentrate uh, and everything so it's quite interesting correct yeah i would i would agree with that the the cockpit gets very hot you know it can get 50 degrees with all of the stuff you have on you as well with the underwear with the overall what do you think is missing to bring um, more it's, the uh, it's not easy. you need good cardio fitness especially if you do longer the level races. of motorsport because of sim racing since covid when when you went to the lockdown was when sim racing was always expanding but was when you have that boom of sim racing because everyone that was professional drivers they need to keep driving and they jump on the sims and that helps the the sim community to to evolve. I think if there was no COVID, probably we would not be talking so so much about sim racing. But what is your opinion still missing for bring it to more close to the motorsport? Yeah. Um, in terms of viewership, in terms of quality, driving driving quality. Uh, you mean in, in terms, terms of, of viewership? The games or... need to evolve. Level of physics. That's a that's a quite a different question. Okay. Uh, I don't know. I think we need a mix of of getting the top level real life racing drivers involved and the top level esports guys involved. Um, that's one of the things I think uh, the Le Mans Virtual Series got okay. right because you were obliged to run for Le Mans, for instance, two pro drivers and two sim drivers in the same car, and that kind of brings the two worlds you know together. For ESL R1, for instance, you only had the sim racers. Uh, the top sim racer, which is good, but in Lemoy kind of had the best of uh, of both worlds. So you saw some guys who were really quick in the sim as well and really quick in real life. I think that would help. Um, in terms of the games themselves, I would like to see a bit better driving standards, if I'm honest with you. Some of the top esports competitions are made. There's like... Yeah, I, I don't yeah. know if people like watching that stuff, but when I see like a top level ACC yeah. race and half the grid is piling up somewhere in the back, I just think, oh, what a what a mess, what a bunch of clowns, which, you know, is definitely not the case. But yeah, I think we need to uh, do better for ourselves to have some good racing and, and respect kind of the same same real rules, even if there is no monetary damage or we're not injuring you think ourselves because um, i'd like to sometimes talk with more friends that, but I have also need to keep the good action it's missing and, like and a, rate, a ranking a proper ranking not a ranking like 
because now we see oh this is um, a world champion of Formula One on uh, the eSport game and after uh, and after but that's not the same level that a, a guy that drive Formula One and win races on Formula yeah. One on iRacing. racing yeah. so it is is different physics exactly so you think should have should exist a ranking for we can see you know where you are yeah, it's a different drive, game where you're not better drive because yeah. for example we only play tennis every type of uh, tournament ever a level of uh, points you know so you have the grand slams you have the master the atp 500 atp 1000 so we think should have like this type of uh, ranking so if you if you are good on grand turismo yeah. you are winning races you going to receive this amount of points but that's not the same that you drive on a high racing level or on a I think exactly, exactly. That's okay. Exactly, that's to the point that um, that's, that's an uh, interesting point. The question is, how do you rank the games about it? But I think that's very different. And like a database for you me know, know yeah. if I, when I go drive, I want to know if I don't know the people. I want I would like to know if they are clean. Yeah. So I think should, we should have a way a way to better monitorize this one because sometimes you go a lot of people they they just clean yes. their uh, ranks. You know, they create another account, they clean their ranks, <laughs> but and after they do again, they look like they are very clean. They are very, you think you, you jump on yeah, a race, yeah. you think, oh, it's going to be an amazing race. Everyone uh, are on the high levels of cleaning, everything. And after when you jump, like you say, it's a pile of crap starting on the first turn. Everyone jump together. Yeah. Uh, late breaks. <laughs> Yeah, I think you know that's something the the yeah the platforms themselves can can look after this. Like if you look at the iRacing system, it's quite good because you have like a ELO rating which shows how quick you are, how good you are, and then the safety rating as well. And now on uh, Assetto Corsa Competizione, you have low fuel, low fuel motorsport, and for R Factor Two as well actually, where you get these exact things. So when you race against each other, you can know you know how quick or how competitive they are, and also how clean they are with the safety rating. So. Maybe it's an okay. issue, but I think the the platforms okay. themselves, the simulation uh, people themselves, should the interview, you know develop um, that system I've been and have it ready everyone for, the for their sim is, for everybody. So as you know, our hashtag is sim racing with uh, cancer, and we have our logo. So we will try to do a race uh, now in May. So going to be around uh, London. Yeah. I'm just trying to get the the place. Probably going to do like live streaming. We're going to have a couple of drivers coming. Or everyone probably will have to be there. So I don't know if you're gonna have the 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 way of doing online properly online. So probably we have a couple of simu simulators there. People jump. Everyone gonna race. Gonna cut in times. So we're gonna do something. So if you will be interesting and you will be free, I would like you to join us there. And um, other thing is we have our sim racing logo. So any day that you will have a chance to put on anything, just help us. We'll give you the logo. Just put on your car. So the um, you're gonna have our last rally driver. You're gonna yeah. use it on his <laughs> on his car in some stages. I know on the LMP3 is no chance because the cars are run by teams and no chance you could put a logo. But if you see anywhere that you can always help us and put because our main goal is from this one, I create an um, a way to help other people that are with <laughs> the same type of cancer than me. And they need uh, yeah. they need um, they need help. Sometimes they are alone at home, so we know we're gonna create 
okay. events to give money to support them, to support for them, me too, mm-hmm. in my in a way, support them and uh, create, bring, like, you know, when you do a marathon sure. and you support after the sarcoma, we do, you do uh, sim racing and try to bring people to sim racing because you never know we can bring more people. Yeah, your charity and yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'd love to join you guys, if especially if you're around okay. here, around London. I'll, I'll definitely hop on. So, I'm uh, I'm home in May. Hopefully, I'll be available for the date. Just uh, keep me posted. Uh, and yeah, we we can get that logo onto onto okay. something this year. Once we, well, once I finalize my my racing schedule, that's uh, definitely okay. a possibility. Thanks so much so, for yeah, joining us, Alex. You can uh, keep me posted on that, and you know, I'll try to help you guys as uh, as much as I can as well. Yes, Alex, was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Uh, and yeah, hello to everybody. Thanks for listening to us. Cheers. It was a great interview. Thank you so much for Alex being here. I hope that everything in um, May goes well with us. If we are going to have our first charity event, as I hope so, which just, I will say that last week that I would have already news on this week's uh, podcast, but unfortunately doing to get sick a little bit, been very difficult for some parts. So I will be able to oh, have a hold on that. So... I will have an appointment uh, tomorrow and I will introduce after news about that and what we're going to expect on May on terms of our race. Hope I have Alex with us and a lot of more racers. So let's see what's going to go. And now we're going to move for the news, guys. Racing this week been phenomenal. So we have the start of Formula 1 after the test driving that they've had on Bahrain. We passed this weekend for the race. As you can imagine, I was expecting a little bit more taco-taco from Red Bull, Ferrari and Mercedes. Unfortunately, this don't going to happen. And we have Aston Martin join the club and uh, Ferrari and Mercedes going more back to the middle package, I would say. So Red Bull are all over the, the place. Uh, I think Red Bull going to ever win on, or a podium in all the races. If they don't have it, it's just because the car DNF or something wrong. I don't think they're going to have a wrong strategies, but sometimes can happen. No, no accidents can happen, but I think they're going to be a Red Bull all over the podium. If it's not a Red Bull, Red Bull, uh, Red Bull, Austin Martin, and they are using the third car, let's say like a third Red Bull, even Sheck uh, will make a post about that, a lot of jokes about uh, the Aston Martin, and I have to make a good point is a lot of people criticize Lance Stroll all over the years. Lance Stroll is just on Formula 1 due to the money of the father. Lance Stroll don't, don't deserve to be there. But I think he proved this weekend that he has a lot of DNA of uh, driver. He has a lot of um, fire inside of him. So if actually is a risk, uh, have a problem with broke one of his toes. So he has a lot of problems on his hands from a bike accident in Spain. Uh, he had an operation. He jumped after 12 days, he's on a racing car. A lot of people, I think, that was complaining. I'm sorry, they could be a little bit over the place. And is a bit, you know, we have a, like, that friendship with uh, Philippe Drogovic. We a lot of Brazilian uh, people and haters from uh, Stroll. They were saying that it was uh, not safe for him. Uh, he should give the place to Philippe Drogovic. And all this type of uh, conver- converse on the side and uh, jokes. But I think Lance Stroll proved that he 
is a proper driver when we jump on a for the first time on the car on the, on Friday get uh, on top 10s on qualify finish the, the race in top 6 so it's, it's unbelievable a uh, very uh, good race he had a lot of difficult on um, on his risks you could see that on the turning was not on his best behavior but we always saw this one in a lot of drivers you know we, we talk about uh, Nicky Lauder when he had this massive accident and went back after three races was already race, uh, driving on a car you have um, Rubens Barrichello that on the on stock car one time he suffered an AVC so he, he had a big problem after 45 days he was jumping back on a car he get the second place so it's, it's crazy what uh, what we saw and uh, that proved uh, that for me that Lance Stroll is a proper driver and I think we should praise what he done it was amazing you know uh, keep talking about um, the um, Ferrari I of course I'm I've never been a big just one team fan I'm I like the drivers I like sometimes the teams I like the cars I always like Ferrari everyone on them or they like Ferrari or they hate it but I always like Ferrari you know I, uh, I speak one of my favorite drivers was uh, Rubens Barrichello I think was on the wrong time on that um, when that's when they was on Ferrari you now we have uh, Michael Schumacher as his uh, teammate so it was not much he could do but yeah um I think we need to give uh, time to Fred Vasseur to bring something to the team you know it's quite soon he didn't make any development on the car so let's see in the middle of the season how it goes I don't think this strategy was only their problem there was problems with the with the tires there with signs after the mechanical problems on the car, we don't know if uh, are related with the um, strategy or sometimes bad luck. You, ne you never know. And keep talking about bad luck is Mercedes. That development of the car has been horrible. The Toto apparently say that they will move away from that side uh, pod plans and probably they're going to go for the classic that everyone is having a little bit more and probably improve the car. I don't know if they're going to make that already this year, but the Mercedes is is out of pace. It's not near a, a contender car, so let's see. And uh, out of space, out of pace, sorry, is McLaren. That car is horrible. Is no words to describe what happened with that. Um, I think the only person happy with everything is uh, Danny Rick, no? Uh, the... the Danny Rick left McLaren, as you guys know, 20 million on the pounds on the pocket. That's what we talk about. And I think more than 20 million is the fact that he don't have to drive that car. I think would be, everyone said it was a bad career move when he jumped out of um, McLaren and uh, didn't want to go to uh, Williams as after, didn't want to go, was expecting Alfa Romeo. I think it didn't happen, so he could not go to Alpine, Alpine from the way that he left. Uh, um, none of the three teams wanted, the three principal teams, Mercedes, Ferrari and Red Bull, wanted But he and joined Red Bull as a third driver. So who knows, who knows, something can happen, he can jump on a car. But I think it's good for him not being involved on the, on the McLaren. And I think it's bad for Oscar Piatri after all this uh, novella, all this... Uh, Big problems that he made it uh, not wanted to be with the um, Alpine, but want to go to the McLaren, and, and after and 
having one of the worst cards on the grid. So I think the things are not looking so good for him. I was a little bit disappointed with Alpine, but after they bring something to the race, uh, Gasly from the last one have a good position on the grid. Ocon, I think, could make a better race. Uh, apparently, just his penalties was ridiculous from his part. He was not positioned in the right place when he started not the grid. Uh, after uh, didn't make his have another penalty because he didn't prop, didn't uh, make the penalty the first penalty correctly. So there's a lot of uh, mistakes there. I don't know what's happening. So I think uh, I hope a little bit better for Alpine. I think um, it was good to have them at least fighting more with the Mercedes and Ferraris and um, Aston Martin probably fighting with the Red Bull. I don't presume they will be able to fight all season, but at least on the first seasons, uh, uh, first races, I will see them fighting 100% sure with the Red Bull. Moving on to IndyCar, guys. What a race. Normally, I don't speak so much about IndyCar. I quite like it. I think the races are quite interesting. They have a lot of uh, overtakes comparing with Formula 1. So you're talking about, I'm going to say on the, with Alex, is 2,000 um, uh, overtakes a season on uh, uh, IndyCar to 700 in F1. So it's one-third of the overtakes from from uh, Formula 1. So it's, it's, it's tricky, I think. Even uh, in this moment, Formula E have more emotive races, so we never know who's going to win. It's always something happened. The cars are more taco taco. Is I think Formula One they need to start looking a little bit on their model, check what they can do to bring a little bit more of that sports feeling to the the races. Otherwise, it's going to be always we know who's going to win. You know, 2004 always been um, uh, 2000 2004. Sorry, Ferrari all the time. After two years with um, Renault, after they met McLaren, Ferrari, was there some years, and after came Red Bull, four years, eight years of Mercedes, and now t three years, basically, going to be another year for Red Bull. So we need to bring something more to the race, otherwise, we always going to look to the middle packet, you know, where it's the uh, teams that's Alpine, Aston Martin, the moment, Ferrari, Mercedes, as I put them on the middle because they are not near. No near the Red Bull. Well, yeah, we need something more. And speaking about the IndyCar, uh, jumping there, was a very chaotic race, I say. So in the beginning, Felix Rosvik on the number six from Arrow, McLaren, Chevrolet, and Dixon car made a side-by-side -side contact in turn two, with Rosvik being shoved into the light wall contact. That minor clash triggered a big chain reaction collision involving six cars that wiped out two teams' hopes for a strong finish in the race. Drivers involved was Mayer Shack racing teammate Elio Castro Neves in the number 6, Simon Pagano in the number 60, AG Foy uh, racing teammate Santiago Ferrucci in the number 14, and the rookie Benjamin Pedersen on the number 55, uh, after the, the rookie Sting Ray Rob on number 51, and Devlin De, Fran De Francesco on the number 29. So a lot of cars. Uh, a lot of accidents, the Francesco car was tossed in the air, the air with a period and after his T-bone by Pedersen and the falling Maelstrom. So none of the drivers have ever been hurt on the incident, but it was quite chaotic. And you know, is um, the cars are, the cars are fast cars, it's a, a circuit, city circuit, so street circuit, uh, for we say. Some of the turns are very tricky, you know, one middle talk touch that happened with uh, Felix Rosvik and Dixon make everyone there think that would happen something. Some of them scare, 
a bigger turn and after after the chaos that happened the chaos did stop because after on restart on lap 41 rhinos vacay um knows the barrier on turn four and with the heavy traffic and the number 30 custom entertain under of jack harvey has nowhere to go and plod into the back of the vk so after uh, lap 74 probably the not the main accident but the most important was uh, roman grosjean on the number 28 from the dhl on the collide with uh, McLogan. so McLogan was coming from the pits uh, with cold firestone tires um, and could not get the grip on the turn and they collide leaving after the race almost uh, to be win for uh, Pat Ward but after on the last gap uh, Eric's pulled Marco Ericsson pulled uh, with off a second of Howard because the car suddenly slow with a problem uh, playing problems or something there on the engine that regained the speed back again but was not enough to re to get the the winner and uh, let the win go for Mark's, uh, Marco Ericsson Marco Ericsson to remember is quite weird he has five victories on the in the car all of them involving a red flag so I don't know what's happening there um, he never get a win, just basic, he's a very good driver, no, no doubts, but only on his talent, so there's always something around happening and it's quite tricky. Moving on, I have to make a point on the last uh, uh, episode, uh, when I refer about uh, Antonio Felix Acosta, I don't know why I refer to him on LMP2, that normally is a class that he, he ran, but I forgot that he was running with a Porsche as a factory driver, and uh, Team Jota uh, will have... Uh, our lineups with uh, Will Steven and uh, IFAE. They will uh, uh, be sponsored by the American companies Ertz and Singer. And with a little bit of uh, affiliation with uh, Tom Brady, the seven-time Super Bowl winner. And probably one of the highest profile sporting names on um, all the NFL. They're going to have uh, some sponsor of Brady on the back of the car. The car looks amazing. He's have uh, a gray metal tones, different shades of the gray, and at the end with some gold uh, touches on the end of the uh, the wings on the front too. So it's quite beautiful the Porsche. I excited to have Antonio Felix Acosta on the hypercars. Who knows? It probably Portugal can make a hypercars. Uh, Felix Acosta, uh, Filipe Albuquerque on the LMP2, and Luke Charles on GT. You never, you never know. Things can happen. Would be nice to see. Uh, moving away from the motorsport to sim racing, you're going to talk about the sim racing. It was the Porsche Tag um, Hour Esports Super Cup. It was the third round and was on Long Beach uh, Street Circuit. A chaos, as you can imagine, as trick as per usual. Uh, Dave came take the win, holding until the last turn. And the last uh, turn, as you know, is a pin, and with a lot of luck, he was able to sustain the first position and over Q1 and Enrich. Uh, he locked down the tires a little bit, uh, open too much on the RPN, almost Kirwin could take the win after it's a tricky RPN as you can imagine. He could uh, finish at first, uh, David Cam for a minimal margin, um, but it was fun to see like uh, colleagues of him like, basically almost having a heart attack during the that last lap. Some track facts about uh, Long Beach for the people that don't know Long Beach is in California. Also, the longest-running active street race in America, having uh, played off uh, 
also the first Long Beach Grand Prix in 1975. It, uh, it took become the United States Grand Prix West in uh, 1976 to 83, switched to its current US-based series alignment for the next years. Uh, the layout saw handful changes in the first few years, but as the same since 2000, marked by a roundabout around the fountain and a challenging happening in the final straightaway, as I talk about a full-up measure around um, 1.9 miles, around 3.2 uh, kilometers, so say, and have a total of 11 turns. On the next uh, follow, uh, Porsche Tag Air Export Super Cup, who will continue in the United States, will be Secret of the, of the Americas Cota, the home of the United uh, States Grand Prix. The cover will kick off on a Saturday, March 18 at uh, 6 o'clock on the London time, so the GMT time, and uh, 2 p.m. on the uh, American time. We'll have uh, all-star action before and after the pros battle at uh, 7 GMT. So, and that is the, the main races. I want to just say a, a big um, congratulations to Diogo for the Porsche's guy who won the Skip Barber iRacing. That means that he will be able to race for the uh, team on the 8 uh, event series. So he won the iRacing with 301 points and the prize will be transfer the skills from iRacing to the real role on the Skip Barber formula. So it will be interesting to see the Porsches. I think he's very good. He's driving for Team Redline as probably a lot of people don't know. Team Redline is uh, one of the oldest, probably, sim racing team, one of the biggest two, uh, have a lot of uh, real motorsport uh, drivers and uh, is uh, sponsored by Red Bull. And Max Verstappen probably is uh, one of the biggest uh, drivers, as you say, has been him on the circuit real life or even on the um, sim racing, already drive a lot of GTs, uh, prototypes. So he, and he always keep the same aggressive, it's in, uh, the same styles, uh, all them drive in different uh, ways, of course, but it's quite fun to see him sometimes having half a second as he had in a pole in um, Mont Panorama. So he's, he's crazy, he's a very good driver, but on our part, congrats to Diogo. It's amazing to see him getting this uh, victory. Yes, uh, news, there's so many news to talk today, I think um, the last update on Automobilista 2 is here, we're talking about, uh, as you know, Razer Studios, a Brazilian uh, simulator, the most anticipated will be the Bathurst 1983 circuit, so the Mont Panorama from four years ago is an impressive circuit, a little bit different uh, layout, absence of the chase, on the Coral Strait that was introduced only in 1987 or ever, there are considerably less barriers compared to today, making it a little bit more risky and heavier. Additional, our free car will join the roster, will be a Formula Inter, a Brazilian junior single-seater with a fair amount of downforce, probably a car between the F3 and the formal training cars in the sim, just have five-speed manual transmission, so quite interesting. Meanwhile, I think uh, they still developed in the 1971 version of Nubring. Uh, not only they keep development because it's a big project, as you know, the size of Norsleaf, but the project uh, have making a big dimension because Razer want to include the Such Life as well. So while no longer, while no longer a much more popular version has been in numerous themes over the years, so the Automobilista will be the first 
ever official reproduction of the smaller Southern Loop, so it's quite important. Uh, Jimmy Broadband and Team 87 star a Sim to Real Motorsport Talent Search, so it's an initiative from the World Favorite Sim Racing and regaining Praga Cup Championship Jimmy Broadband in collaboration with his outfit uh, Team 87 and a virtual racing platform simracing.gt. They will provide a season of karting for three horse participants. The Team 87 Sim to Real competition will take three talent sim races and place them with a season of karting. A series of qualified challenger on a set of courses and using race tune Mazda MX-5s will see a live broadcast virtual race. The top 12 drivers of that will then go through an in-person karting event held at the Backmore Park circuit. At the end of the day, at the Kent track, three drivers will pick up to become a three-person squad, enter for Team 87 in the 2023 Club Wonder Endurance Championship. Should that go well, there could be opportunities to test broadband racing cars such as the 87 Goldies 2 Praga R1. So it's quite a good event, as you can imagine, got a lot of chances. Who knows, uh, I think it's a good opportunity for people that want to be real drivers and missing a little bit of the sponsorship. So it's quite a good uh, thing made it by Jim Broadband and Team 87. Continue on the news before we move uh, to something more arcade. On you know, Saturday, last Saturday, iRacing released the look on what we expect for the new drops of 2023 Season 2. As you know, we'll bring a lot of cars that we talk about, uh, later model stock, the Mercedes-AMG W13E Performance, Array FF1600 and the Renault Clio RSV from the Clio Cups. A lot of circuits are introducing, the principal going to be the circuit to the Jerez Angel Nieto with the configurations of Grand P and Moto, but from a lot of them you can see Atalanta Motor Speedway Oval the circuit of Barcelona, Catalonia, with all the road configurations, be it the club, historic, moto and national, the Parques and Dolph, uh, Circuit Zolder, Darlington Raceway, Detroit Grand Prix, LA Coliseum Raceway, Nashville, Oxford, Pocomo Raceway, Suzuka and the Twin Ring Motegi. There's a lot of, um, as you can see, some dirty race speedways, ovals, but a lot of circuits coming. I racing is getting very expensive, I presume. And remember, you need to buy all the cars that you want to drive and all the circuits. So it's quite expensive um, way plus a subscription, but it's one of the best, as you can imagine. So it's quite interesting to see. I think the Clio Ripple will be my favorite to start on the on I racing on the Mazda MX-5 probably too. So we'll see if I want PCs coming now to the. Um, the channel so we will start bringing a little bit more about the uh, more about the simula simulating games games instead of uh, only focus on piece, uh, playstation but let's hope what can see and to finish on the news is uh, Gran Turismo 7 daily races will be as imagined one of them going to be with on the RR272 the legend in the question being the Japanese manufacturer first Formula 1 winner uh, will be all in Monza and after on group 3 uh, the cars will go to the Brazilian National Circuit Interlagos and then group 4 will go to the drive on Autodromo Lago Maggiore. To finish the news with um, Gran Turismo 7, the International Olympic Committee have announced the return of their own gaming competition, first uh, held in the lead up of the Tokyo Games, Olympic Games and the Olympic Virtual Series title. The success from this event has uh, warranted another edition. 
So this time around, embrace the eSport term and rename it Olympic eSport Series. Once more, we'll feature racing uh, and the International Olympic Committee will partnership once more with the FIA and, of course, with their favorite game, that is Gran Turismo and the creators of Falling Phone Digital. So it's quite good. It's not my... something that I was interesting a lot, I think. As I show, I'm getting back the some speed on um, the last video on YouTube. You can see a little bit more back to the speed on the Gran Turismo. I still found the game that people are very dirty, as are and a lot of uh, different types of races, but the people are there is very dirty. is sometimes tricky. I think people, there should have a way to trick more, to separate these ones more, but um, on um, the, the way that the game punishes you, Sometimes it's quite tricky, as you can see in my video, some guy take the inside turn, he bomb dive me almost, he knew automatic if you do it, my car will be on the side, he will not be penalized, and if you have contact, uh, someone that is in front of you, and you have a contact, more than uh, 30 kilometers per hour automatic, you should get be penalized on the game. That don't happen, and often you see the people taking uh, Probably from that, you know, they look, they go from the gap that should not exist on real life, but exists on sim racing. And I don't know, it's something that they can do. Put the cars as a ghost. So if someone go near you on uh, more than 50 kilometers per hour or something, um, your car should be as a ghost. So the person will not have the options to use you as a help to turn. So who knows? They have to do something because sometimes uh, it's quite ridiculous what happened on the races. Sponsor of the week. Sponsor this week are a little bit tricky, so I don't have any official sponsor, and I keep bringing again Sarcoma uh, UK and Macmillan. I keep being awareness to to them. Please, if you know anyone that are in the same situation than me, please offer your help. It's sometimes the help don't need to be monetary. It can be as a companionship, you know, give some hands, give some, uh, uh, take the person to walk, you know, in my case, if anyone, they know a little bit of um, how to make videos, how to develop the videos better, how many they help, because as you can imagine, I'm making my videos in a um, MacBook Pro, um, is a 2.5 Intel E5, so dual core, Horrible slow, uh, 16 gigabytes, but are DDR3, so 2.1. So it's, it's slow. Sometimes the video is a PS, sometimes the video cam, sometimes you get rendered for the three, four uh, hours to the video be able for you can put any titles, adding any titles, or having cut or put audio. So it's quite tricky to, to use, even if you use Final Cut, that is an amazing product. Of course, um, in this case, it's performs very well on MacBook as it's developed only for Apple, but make everything so difficult so that sometimes the videos, there's no point I make videos on YouTube, even if you already are on the three figures on uh, subscribers and um, a video with already four figures, it's quite, on, on, on views, it's quite difficult to do that, you know, and sometimes make you a little bit disappointed and you don't want to do it. So, you know, in the same case as me, if you guys want to, a sponsor is, helping everyone that uh, need a, a hand in any type of things so that are suffering from the same thing that me, you know, sometimes it's 
you know, in my case, it's more dementia that happened a lot. So it's quite important. Sometimes I have a companionship, people that speak with you often the day for you don't forget them, you know, and you don't forget what you're doing. So there's a lot of things that we, we always can do to help uh, other ones. Uh, the team of the week, uh, before I finish the episode, I will not bring this week because I, I say you have been feeling a bit sick. I don't want to bring a team and I don't have nothing to speak about it properly. Uh, keep uh, the team going to be keep the same. What is missing on uh, terms of PlayStation 5 on sim racing? You know, we have a lot of uh, sim racing games on PC that probably yet the our PlayStations or consoles will be able already to support them. Would be nice to see a little bit that is ways from ad mods, even if it's online and transferred to the consoles or something. Would be always a way of we add something more to the consoles, you know. They already take uh, PlayStation, already can take memory, Xbox, you can take more memory. So, you know, you can expand the drives. It's a lot of things that the consoles already can do. That's so, should be nice. We have something more to the sim racing uh, on consoles to not focus only on more arcade games because after you, what you have is uh, GT7 and Forza that uh, for more you really like them they are a little bit more arcadeish games. Assetto Corsa Competition or Assetto Corsa are not near near what is PC offer. I would say I don't know in physics in terms of the Assetto Corsa Competition but in terms of graphics are lower comparing with the with what you can see in PC, of course, you already have mods too that improve the game, but even with the base game, are not near and so polish. And um, you know, after you have Project Card, that is a great game, Project Card 2, but as you know, it's unfinished and polished, it was a little bit more there before EA Games take it over and destroy. As you can imagine, that's all gonna happen very soon with the Formula One, but. This is another another thing I'm gonna speak here in the channel, and we're gonna make a video, uh, think, uh, speaking about that. So I don't think the consoles for now they're gonna focus a lot on uh, games like this and or Grid Legend. That is a is a game if you want to boost your ego, an easy game to to drive, or even Need for Speed that has been the same for uh, I would say five six years. Don't bring nothing more. That's some visual effects and uh, open world. But in terms of driving and everything, now that changes, and that's what we see with eSports. So I'm not keen to know that they take over the dirty, as you saw, dirty five was a little bit, mm -hmm. and uh, Formula One is start going a little bit the same way that it's been FIFA released every year, and after no, bring nothing new. So it's not the point of we keep playing a game that uh, we just in, uh, give the pockets to EA games but that's just what we have so I will let for the next week for you guys join me comment uh, bring a little bit of talk on say Instagram or on Twitter and keep telling me what you guys thinking that we should put and talk a little bit more what you're expecting to have on the PlayStation on terms of sim racing games uh, for my part is everything thank you so much for the person that already helped me on Patreon is I know it's just two pounds, but that two pounds is give a hand, give a, a push on a way, is an open door, as you imagine. So everything we do, if it's getting a praise, is always good. So thank you so much for the person that uh, joined us on our Patreon. And um, for my part is everything. 
See you next Wednesday for another episode. Cheers.